This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where I read evergreen articles on real estate investing so you can still learn while you're on the go. If you just found the show on this Wednesday, welcome. And please tap the subscribe button so you'll get these automatically delivered to you every day, including weekends. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Seven things to look for when evaluating real estate syndications by Jay Chang. Want to invest in a real estate syndication passively but not sure where to start? Don't worry. It's actually not as intimidating as you think. A syndication typically requires $35,000 to $100,000 minimum investments, which can be daunting. But if done right, it is one of the greatest investment strategies and provides you great passive income. Here are some tips to help you. Although these tips are mostly for apartment syndication, the same concept can also be applied to syndication for other property types. First up, investment criteria. Before you start looking for deals, you want to know your own investment goals, such as the desired annual return, the investment period, and the risk tolerance. Are you looking for investments with higher returns and risks, such as ground-up developments or an extensive value add? Or do you prefer less risky investments that provide lower but stable returns for many years? Although higher return is obviously better, those types of real estate investments are generally more risky. For more information on the different investment types, time length, and returns, you can read Multifamily Real Estate for Beginners and Why It's Such a Wise Investment. That link you can find right inside this article at biggerpockets.com. All right, let's talk about the next thing, which is finding the right syndicator. A syndicator is an active investor who's putting the syndication together. 
You can find them through local meetups, bigger pockets, referrals, and real estate podcasts. A syndicator with a track record is preferable, but don't let it be your only criteria. Many syndicators started after the last recession, which means they probably haven't experienced a market downturn yet. Therefore, you should always trust but verify the syndicators that you invest with. I'll show you in just a bit how to verify their underwriting. On the contrary, a syndicator without a track record isn't necessarily a deal-breaker. Even the greatest real estate investor must start somewhere, right? Instead of just walking away from a potential great deal, ask if there are experienced partners in this deal. If the answer is yes, then it's a good sign. So, how do you know if the syndicator is right for you? Different syndicators have different investment strategies, so make sure that the person's strategy aligns with your investment goals and criteria. You also want to work with someone that you find pleasant to work with. Your gut feeling is also very important. If you like the syndicator's strategy and personality, then ask the person to put you on the distribution list. You'll start getting emails when there's a potential deal, and this is when the fun begins. How do you know if a deal is good? You don't need to fully underwrite the deal, but here are some numbers or metrics that you absolutely should pay attention to. Number one, returns and investment period. The first thing you should look at are the returns and the investment period, which we discussed earlier under the investment criteria section. Even though you trust the syndicator, it's good practice to verify the underwriting. Since you're putting $35,000 or more into a single deal, you should definitely do your own due diligence. Number two, exit cap rate. This is arguably the most important variable in an analysis and also one of the hardest to pinpoint, especially if you're operating in a market with small sample size. This variable is so important because a small difference in the cap rate can change your sale price and returns dramatically. The rule of thumb is that the selling cap rate absolutely needs to be greater than your market cap rate. For example, if you're buying the property at 5% cap, don't assume that you'll sell at the same cap rate in the future. You want to assume that the economy will be doing worse in five years. A good estimate is five basis points a year, which is 5.25% in five years. Note that if you're buying a distressed property, then the going-in cap rate is probably even lower than the market rate. That means your cap rate at disposition could be higher than your going-in cap rate by as much as 1%. You can find the market cap rates through LoopNet, CBRE, local brokers, or local property managers. Number three, rent per square foot. All right, so Rentometer is a great reference for rent per square foot, but it's not the most accurate. Try using Apartments.com to find comparable properties and see if the rents per square foot are similar you're basically checking whether you think the units will be able to lease at the market rate that the syndicator is using for the underwriting. Number four, expense ratio. It's more time-consuming to check the annual cost of each individual expense, and it's not necessary for the purpose of this exercise. Instead, you want to do a quick check on the expenses by comparing it to the effective gross income, EGI. Note, that the expense ratio does not include capital improvements or expenditures. The expense ratio varies based on the city and the building type. A newer building is going to have a lower expense ratio because the equipment requires less maintenance. An expensive city 
will also have lower expense ratio because the EGI is so much higher. Generally, the expense ratio should be about 40% for newer buildings and 50% for older buildings. If you're not sure, check with a local broker or property manager. Number five, rental and expense growth rate. You can typically assume that the rental and expense growth rates increase at about 2% annually, which is similar to the inflation rate. If the projected rental growth rate for the deal is higher, then you should double-check by referencing the city's historical data. Number six, stress test. If you don't see a stress test analysis in the syndicator's investment summary package, then you should ask about it. The main thing to look for is cash flow. You want to know if the property will have enough cash flow to pay the expenses and debt service with decreasing rent, higher vacancy, etc. And last but not least, number seven, risk partitioning. One way to analyze the risk of each deal is by partitioning the IRR. To partition the IRR, you need to normalize the net operating cash flow and the net sale price by using the present value PV function in Excel. Then, you can partition the IRR by simply adding the cash flow for each year and dividing it by the total PV. For example, 40% of the IRR for a buy-and-hold property might come from the net operating cash flow, whereas it may only be 10% for a ground-up development deal. The lower the percentage, the higher the risk, because the gains are not realized until you sell the property. Note that if 10% of the IRR partition is coming from the net operating cash flow, then 90% is coming from the sale. A very risky deal, but potentially very high return. Here are some final thoughts. If you made it this far through this podcast then you're already way ahead of other investors. This may seem like a lot of work at first, but you'll be able to do it relatively quickly as you go through more and more deals. It shouldn't take you longer than a couple of hours to verify these numbers, especially if you're familiar with the market already. A few hours to make sure that you don't lose tens of thousands of dollars is time well spent. No investments are bulletproof to recessions, but by choosing your options wisely, you can minimize the risks significantly. You made it through another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. Did you learn something new? If you still have questions about this subject, jump onto the forums at biggerpockets.com/forum. It's like being at a 24/7 networking event without the business cards and awkward small talk. Otherwise, you know the drill. We'll have another episode waiting for you in the morning.